guys and welcome to another edition of Market Marauders, being the market one trade at a time. I'm your host, Reginald C. Let's jump into it. So the race for vaccines continue um, as Pfizer uh, begins giving more updates on things that they're doing uh, for their company uh, overall. Uh, so Pfizer sets up uh, its biggest ever vaccination distribution campaign. Uh, so in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a stretch of land the size of a football field has been turned into a staging ground outfitted with 350 large freezers ready to take delivery of millions of doses of the COVID-19 vaccine uh, before they can be shipped around the world. Uh, the facility is a hub in the sprawling supply chain of Pfizer um, and has built, been built to handle the vaccines widely uh, awaited as possible relief from the pandemic uh, comes. The U.S. pharmaceutical giant says that it wants to deliver up to 100 million doses uh, this year and 1.3 billion by 2021. So pretty big moves uh, from the company. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, they are partnering with a German company called BioNTech uh, to try to come up with a vaccine of their own, uh, which they're going to be releasing data on sometime by the end of October. Um, and then hopefully apply for the emergency use uh, authorization by late November. Uh, so their deadline is quickly approaching um, as updates continue to come in from that company. Uh, so in other news, um, also in that company, uh, one of the analysts um, basically said that the Pfizer is primed for $3.5 billion in sales in 2021 so that is a huge number uh so there's an analyst by the name of uh Giffrey porges uh which has marked the rating of the pfizer program so he basically studied uh the program um and the vaccine trial that they have and that was his rating uh, for 2021. So that's a pretty big evaluation uh, for the company as a whole. Um, I think it could reach that, especially if they are the ones to have the vaccine um, and be distributing it. And it seems like they uh, are, you know, gearing up and ramping up for that to actually come. So companies don't go and, you know, buy large facilities uh, to transmit uh, something in, uh, you know, hopes that, you know, their data will be good. Uh, they usually do it after, you know, they know that the data is good. So I think in October, they'll get pretty good uh, results coming out. Um, also, I think in November, uh, they'll be able to get that authorization as well. Um, and then, you know, they'll have these facilities built, um, this 350 uh, freezer facility that they're building uh, in preparation for the vaccine. So I think that evaluation um, is not too crazy to say, especially since it's at the end of 2021. Another news in the EV world, uh, Fisker, uh, the electric car manufacturer, um, and Vigo Sign agreed to the future delivery of 300 vehicles in support of the new generation uh, urban mobility growth. Um, so Fisker designed and manufactured the world's most uh, emotion-stirring, eco-friendly uh, electric vehicle and advanced mobility solutions. Today announced that 
signing a vehicle order of 300 units uh, with Vigo, the technology-driven Danish ride-hailing service. Vigo was founded in 2019 and is aiming to challenge the standards for urban transportation uh, through advanced data-driven innovation, zero-emission cars, and Scandinavian simplicity. Uh, since founding, Vigo has built a network of more than 55 uh, electric cars and delivered more than 100,000 rides. The company will expand into Norway in 2021, and the 300 uh, Fisker Ocean all-electric SUVs uh, will be delivered in quarter four of 2022, uh, with strong uh, part of their Scandinavian expansion. Uh, so in 2022, uh, that's when the Ocean electric SUV is planning to be finished. And then they'll be uh, taking delivery of those 300 vehicles. Uh, so I think it's a pretty good, uh, you know, partnership that's going on here. Um, it just shows that people do have faith in uh, this uh, Ocean SUV. Uh, it looks really nice. I've seen pictures of it, uh, mock-ups of it. I think it looks, you know, pretty slick. Uh, and Fisker is a very reputable company. So I think it's a pretty good partnership to help Fisker uh, overall. Now, going into uh, PayPal. PayPal uh, up big volume today uh, based on news uh, that came through that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, PayPal uh, to open up network to cryptocurrencies. Uh, now, if you're not familiar with cryptocurrency is, it's basically digital currency. Uh, so you have, you know, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, you got uh, Dogecoin and things of that nature. So just look up cryptocurrencies if you're not familiar uh, with what they are. Uh, PayPal Holdings Incorporated, PYPL.O, on Wednesday said that it will allow customers to hold Bitcoin uh, and other virtual coins on its online wallet and shopping using cryptocurrencies at 26 million merchants on its network. Uh, the service uh, makes PayPal one of the largest U.S. companies to provide consumers access to cryptocurrencies, uh, which could help Bitcoin and rival cryptocurrencies gain wider adoption as a viable payment method. Uh, so now, you know, you can take cryptocurrency as payment, uh, which, you know, will have vast applications uh, because a lot of people get paid out in PayPal. Um, you know, I think uh, a lot of companies have that option where you can pay on PayPal if you're buying things online. Majority of people use PayPal. They already have an account. Now they'll be able to uh, pay in cryptocurrency, uh, which will, you know, kind of revolutionize the exchange um, and the growth of uh, Bitcoin. So, if you know, Bitcoin is like the number one uh, uh, cryptocurrency out there. Uh, but, you know, with more and more people adopting it uh, and starting to use it, uh, having PayPal being a platform where you can trade, um, you know, and pay uh, using crypto will definitely help out uh, the crypto world in general. And I think it's a pretty uh, savvy and smart move for the company uh, to do this. Now, going into another company called Aptinx, uh, their stock went up uh, after they had a positive trial result of their PTSD treatment. Um, so their ticker sign is APTX. Uh, it shot up 61% on volume in the pre-market on Tuesday, uh, putting them on track to at open 20-month high uh, after biopharmaceutical uh, company reported positive results uh, from a phase two trial on its treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, trading volume increased 14 million uh, shares, making the stock the most actively traded ahead of the open. Uh, so it had a pretty big rise uh, and went up, you know, significantly. Um, and I think, you know, for a good cause. PTSD, 
Um, you know, it's something that a lot of people, uh, you know, deal with. It's not just uh, veterans, uh, but, you know, we do say support the veterans. Um, you know, I'm all for uh, veterans and their safety and mental health. Um, but, you know, other people have traumatic experiences as well. Uh, so, you know, having treatment to help with the PTSD um, will help, you know, a vast array of people, which I think is a good step forward. And I like that this company um, is getting shouted out for that. Um, so jumping into uh, some more pharmaceutical news, uh, AstroTech stock skyrocket uh, after JDA with Cleveland Clinic to develop a COVID-19 breath test. Uh, so the stock skyrocketed 168% uh, in active trading uh, to pace all pre-market gainers. Wednesday, uh, the company said Breath Tech Corp uh, subsidiary partnered with Cleveland Clinic uh, to develop, develop a rapid breath test for COVID-19. Uh, so basically, you'll just go and use the device. You'll breathe into it and you'll get the test results. So, you know, no more of them poking your brain essentially to get the test results. Uh, so I think this is pretty interesting uh, and a very good development as far as testing is concerned. Uh, testing, I think, is still going to be a huge issue. I don't think t testing is going away, uh, especially with there being a spike in cases, um, you know, going around the country. Um, I think testing is going to be more widely used and the, you know, easier it is to test, um, I think the more people will actively take tests. Um, until that vaccine is made. So it is earnings season. Uh, so I'm going to go over some of the earnings that I had on my watch list for this week, uh, starting with one that I had on Monday. Uh, so Monday I was watching Logitech. So Logitech had their earnings on Monday. Uh, their quarter two sales uh, grew 75% and their operating income over 300%. Uh, so quarter two sales were $1.26 billion, up 75% in U.S. dollars, and 73% in constant currency, uh, compared to the quarter two of the prior year, uh, which is the first ever time um, Logitech's quarterly sales exceeded the billion-dollar mark, uh, which is a very fantastic metric uh, and very big achievement uh, for the company, in my opinion. Um, you know, their sales were up quite a bit. You got to think Logitech makes headphones, keyboards, um, microphones, uh, webcams, everything like that. I use a, a Logitech webcam on my uh, YouTube page, Market Marauders. Um, so, you know, Logitech definitely um, has quite a bit of devices. And you got to think when people working remotely, some people, you know, companies seeing uh, the cases continue to grow up may have actually voted to work uh, remotely permanently uh, so people buying webcams people buying uh, keyboards and Logitech you know just taking advantage of that so I think Logitech will continue to grow um, as people buy those devices a lot of their stuff is a lot is cheap it's not too expensive uh, so I definitely see people you know buying more and more of them they're everywhere it's like in Target Walmart uh, so it's not hard to get a hold of go on Amazon and buy it uh, so you know, it's pretty good to see those sales numbers increase. I think they will continue to have uh, high numbers um, as long as this pandemic exists. Uh, so two companies that had earnings um, on Tuesday, the 20th, uh, that's going to be Netflix and Snapchat. So first, let me go over Snapchat uh, or Snap Incorporated. Uh, their daily active users increased 18% uh, year over year to $249 million. Uh, and their revenue increased 52% year over year to $679 million. Uh, and operating cash flow improved 28% year over year to uh, $55 million. 
Uh, so, you know, I think it's pretty good metrics. Uh, the DAU or daily active users increase of 18%, I think was pretty impressive, especially considering the fact that they have, you know, more competition out there now with, you know, apps like TikTok being out there, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Instagram doing Instagram Reels, TikTok being TikTok. Um, you know, I feel like, in my opinion, I thought Snapchat would have fallen off and that those uh, competition with the other apps would have hurt uh, the actual amount of users uh, switching over to Snapchat. But I think it actually helped because people were more social uh, media oriented. So I think as more and more social media platforms come up, uh, then people will recognize or realize, hey, you know, I still have, you know, these accounts uh, and then bring people uh, from other platforms uh, to these older platforms. So people who are on TikTok who may have blown up on TikTok may, you know, have a Snapchat uh, so they can link their user base from one uh, source to another source, uh, which, you know, helps the growth of all social media. So the second one being Netflix. Uh, Netflix had their earnings as well. Uh, quarter three average streaming uh, paid membership rose 25%, while the ARPU decreased 1.6% year over year, um, excluding a foreign exchange or F by X impact of negative 158 million. Uh, streaming ARPUs increased 1% prior. Their revenue uh, was 2% above our beginning of quarter guidance. Uh, primarily due to slightly higher than expected ARPUs. Uh, so they added 2.2 million net memberships in quarter three compared to uh, 2.5 million uh, guidance and retention remained healthy and engaged, uh, engagement met per member's household was up solid uh, year over year. So people are using um, the uh, Netflix platform more and more. Uh, they continue to grow their amount of members. Um, so a pretty good metric um, for Netflix. So, you know, other companies have jumped into the streaming realm. So you have Disney and Apple uh, both becoming streaming players um, in the, you know, video streaming world. Uh, but as far as, you know, who rules it and who has the biggest budget, in my opinion, um, I think is Netflix. I think Netflix, you know, um, even though their growth slowed with the 2.2 million compared to the 2.5 million, it wasn't as high um, as most people expected. Uh, I still believe, you know, they have the best formula for growth um, and have the best, um, you know, continuation for that growth. Um, now, just because that number was down, I don't think that it is considered a bad earnings, in my opinion. Uh, you have to also think people had began to start going back to work. So they benefited from the lockdown because people were at home essentially watching uh, movies. But people began to go back to work and start uh, normal life uh, or back closely to normal as possible. Uh, so that had to be factored in as well. Um, so to see that they actually grew. Um, even, you know, despite that happening, I think is a pretty good metric. Uh, so today, um, there were some earnings. The first one, uh, was Tesla, uh, then Verizon. And then I'm going to go over Thermo Fisher. So those are the three, uh, that I'm going to review. So Tesla, uh, 
had a 5.9 billion increase in their cash and cash equivalents in quarter three to 14.5 billion. Uh, operating cash flow, less caps, uh, capex, uh, free cash flow of 1.4 billion in quarter three. Uh, 809 million GAAP operating income, 9.2% operating margin in quarter three, 331 million GAAP net income, uh, 874 million non-GAAP uh, net income, ex-SBC in quarter three, SBC expense increased to 543 million driven by 218 CEO milestones. Uh, so they had a record vehicle deliveries, profitability, and cash flow uh, built out of three new factories and three con continents uh, continued as planned. Uh, and the first step of FSD beta rollout started in October of 2020. So in their battery day, they basically explained that they have new batteries coming out, that they are beginning production as, as soon as that event was going on. They were producing uh, the new batteries, they talked about potentially a cheaper car, um, and I think this earnings beat was to be expected, uh, so I'm not really surprised uh, that they beat earnings. They also, you know, gained a lot of capital uh, from having their stock split. People just continued to buy the stock, um, and it just continued to rally even after the split. It went down for a little bit, but not dramatically compared to um, March, where it was down, you know, that far. Um, I think people still believe in the company, even though Elon Musk's uh, guidance or projection for having all these things complete, like the uh, acquisition of lithium uh, for their batteries, you know, even though that guidance was a lot longer time frame than it uh, first expected, and the $25,000 car was a lot longer uh, further out than expected, um, I think people or investors still have hope uh, for the company and I think it will continue to grow stock-wise um, and as a brand um, itself. So going to Verizon, they had their earnings. Um, let's go into it. So their quarter three uh, 2020 total revenue was down 4.1% uh, year over year. Um, but the total revenue was $31.5 billion. Uh, quarter 3 adjusted EBITDA of $11.9 billion. Adjusted EBITDA uh, margin of 37.6%. Uh, and quarter 3, 20 adjusted EPS of 1.25 flat year over year. Um, so as far as the company as a whole, I think that they um, you know, will continue to grow. Uh, let's go over some more of the results. Wireless post-paid uh, net ads were up 57%. Uh, highest total uh, FLOS or FIOS internet uh, net ads since quarter four of 2014. Uh, return to year-over-year -year consolidated wireless service uh, revenue growth. Um, the EBITDA margin increased. Um, and the adjusted EPS uh of 1.25 flat year over year, including uh, 0.05 of COVID impact. Uh, so continued networking leadership recognized by JD Power, Root Metrics, uh, Open Signal, and IDC Market uh, Scape. Uh, deepened spectrum assets with acquisitions of CBRS. 
They launched 5G nationwide and expanded 5G uh, UWB. One fiber deployment uh, on plan on plan in 60 plus markets. Uh, announced agreement to acquire TrackPhone, uh, bringing 20 plus million prepaid uh, customers to Verizon. Uh, collaborating with world-class partners to enable future innovation in multiple industries, enhanced value with mix and match unlimited plans, Disney Bundle, Disney Plus Hulu, and ESPN Plus, now included in uh, Play and Get More Unlimited. Uh, so yeah, they, they're they slowly growing their company. Um, they do have the best 5G, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, if you saw that the Apple iPhone 12 release, they're basically using Verizon um, as their main supporter to distribute their phones, so their main carrier. Um, there, I think there's a discount for going with Verizon uh, through Apple. So, you know, Verizon is definitely posing themselves to be um, the leader uh, as far as that's concerned. Their network coverage, um, you know, is top-notch in my opinion. Um, but the only real other competitor they have is T-Mobile. Since T-Mobile uh, merged with Sprint, Sprint, I don't think AT&T is really, um, you know, a competitor uh, with that too. I would have to say T-Mobile is definitely second uh, with their acquisition of Sprint. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how those two uh, can compete um, and see how um, T-Mobile overall will upgrade their service as time goes on. Uh, but as far as, you know, being the leader, I think uh, Verizon is definitely number one. Um, and it's good to see them continue their growth uh, as a company. So lastly, we're going to go into the last one, uh, which is ticker sign TMO. And that is for Thermo Fisher Scientific. Uh, now, this company has kind of been out of the spotlight. Um, it was in the spotlight at the beginning of the pandemic because they were doing testing. Uh, but, you know, as time went on, other things happened and more of the pharmaceutical companies kind of jumped in. Uh, to be the main catalyst, uh, and especially before Operation Warp Speed was a thing, uh, Thermo Fisher was one of the main companies that was, you know, at the White House that was being talked about. Um, but, you know, after Operation Warp Speed started uh, and the focus became less on testing and more on the vaccine, uh, they kind of left the spotlight. But even with all that being said, they did fantastic in earnings. Uh, so their third quarter revenue increased 36% uh, to $8.52 billion. Third quarter GAAP diluted, diluted earnings per share or EPS increased 157% to 4.84. Uh, third quarter adjusted EPS increased 91% uh, to 5.63. Um, generated $2 billion of COVID-related revenue um, in quarter and returned the base business of growth. So $2 billion just off of the COVID alone situation. So that is huge. Uh, it's a huge amount of money that they were able to get. Um, I know they did a lot of good work with helping uh, with testing, um, and, you know, trying to come up with antibodies and things of that nature. Uh, so Thermo Fisher, definitely want to keep your eyes on, uh, and, you know, a good add to your portfolio, um, in my personal opinion. And I think one to watch um, to put with all the rest of the pharmaceutical stocks. Uh, I just don't think they get as much light as you know the other companies do like abut labs or uh ellie lily or GlaxoKline or moderna or novio um but you know thermo fisher is still one of those solid companies to me uh that i think um you know it definitely shows in their earnings all right so i uh, hope everybody's having a good week this week hope everybody's able to lock in some profits this week um 
and you know continue to attract the volatility of the market um even with this election coming up i know we have another debate uh it's going to be in my hometown nashville tennessee so i'm excited about that i'm going to be watching that one um and good luck to everybody out there trading locking those profits and i'll see you guys next time peace